0: Alright, Chabel Say good morning. Let us begin. To begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure, to thank our Tamutor sponsors for the month of El Avram and Shendi Kalman for dedicating all the Sherman Josh this month in memory of their parents. We hope now the merit of our Tamuthor and Shama Subhabin Aliyah and the family in Khama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Alan Wiseman, in commemoration of the 10th yard site of his beloved wife, Rita Rifka Rachel Bas Zaharya, Zichron Livraha. Truly hope them in the merit of all Tamator, the Nesham will have an Aliyah and Alan and the rest of the Mishpacha in Nahama. We right. thank Jesse and Rivka Mairavitz, our Week of Learning Sponsors, in honor of the birth of a baby, to Shmuel and Shira Artman, Mazel Tov, and to Dr. Ron and Marlene Gartenhouse in honor of their sons, Harris and Simon, who left and are now in Eretz Yisrael to study at IDC, Herzliya and Eish for the coming year. We wish them incredible Hatzlacha. Aliyah growth in their ruchmias, growth in their midos, growth in their kirvas Hashem, and much to the garden house, mishpacha. Sorry, better? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry. We'll find, we'll find one of these days, we'll find a system for this. Okay, good. Well, let's so say with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Nun Gimel, and we are picking up in Eretz Hashem. On Nun Bez we have a lot to do today, another exceptional Truly magnificent and beautiful daft. We left off yesterday by Amr um, Rabbi Yochanan, Il Mali Shalosh Mikraos Halalos. So just it's in the wide lines, two, four, two, four, about seven lines in into the wide lines on nun Bezim with base 52b. The Gemara goes relatively quickly, we'll cover some good ground. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Il Mali Shalosh Mikraos Halalos, and this multitum shall so Nehen shall Yisrael. So the Gemara Rabbi Yochanan says as follows Were it not for these three psukim, the son Eyen Shayt, so is the enemy of the Jewish people. We've seen this many times. That statement is a metaphor or a euphemism for Jews who sin. For Jews who sin. So the Rabbi Yochanan says, Three psukim kind of give us a defense in the face of hate. The Gemara says, Chad v'chad So again, I will say, become dominant amongst all these psukim is as follows. We spent yesterday's staff speaking about the strength and the profundity of the Yitzhahara. The Gemara now is going to highlight the idea that the Sahara is controlled by a Baruch Hu. So that if the Rebano Shalom wanted to make it easier for us, he can make it easier for us. The fact that sometimes he doesn't creates a certain level of culpability or liability for the Rebano Shalom, which gives us a certain excuse. So the Pasik says, Asher Hari osi. Baruch Hu says, I have caused harm. The Pasik says, You are like clay in the hands of the craftsman, admitting that's referring to us. We are like clay in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If the Ribono Shalola wanted to take away my Yitzhara, he could take it. If he wanted to make it weaker, he can make it weaker. The Pasuk says, I will take the heart of stone away from you, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Which means, HaKadosh Baruch was capable of removing the Yitzhara if he were to so choose. Rav Papa says also from this Pasuk, I will place my spirit inside of you. Again, all of these Psukim attesting to the same basic truth, which is if HaKadosh Baruch wanted to make the Yitzhara weaker, he indeed would have the ability to do so, which then frees us, frees us from a certain level of liability. You know, we have this motif that we're able to turn around to our Qadish Baruch ha and say, you made us, you control things, right? You created us, you created the eight Sahara, you control, so to speak, the volume on the eight Sahara. If you would choose to turn it down, life would be a lot easier. It doesn't free us from responsibility but it is part of the defense we have sometimes in the face of our transgressions. So here, the Gemara quoting from the Pesach from Zechariah, the vision of Zechariah, and Zechariah saw four craftsmen. Man, nin, arba, charashim. Who are these four craftsmen? Amar of Chanabar barbizna, Amar of Shem, Amar Mashiach, ben David, Mashiach, ben Yosef, Eriol, and Kohen, Sadek. Koen Rashi points out is Shem ben Noah. Shame. Shame from Barathez. Master Rav Sheishas. I hainu Rav But one second. The Yimari goes on. What about the rest of the Pasik that says, asher Yehuda. Ultimately, again, he said to me, Zechariah says, Hashem said to me, these are the kranos, these are the horns asher zoru es Yehuda, that have scattered Yehuda, Hani ni asu we assume these four craftsmen are here to help Claudius Yisrael, yet the end of the Pasik seems to, to indicate that they're here to scatter Claudius Yisrael, um, Amr so the Gemara says Rav Sheshesh, I'm sorry, so uh, Rav, Sh- Rav Sheshesh asks the Kasha to, to Rav Chana Bar or sorry, Rav so ultimately again he responds back, um, Amr a I'll shuffle the safe of the Krah, look at the end of the Pasik. So he said, look at the end of the passage, and the end of the passage clearly indicates that the Kronos, these horns, these horns are not the same people as the harashim, as the craftsmen. Two different groups of people being referred to over here in the Pesach. Amr'alei, to which Rav has said, Bahani khana bagadata, I really should not argue with him when it comes to Agarata because his knowledge of Agarata is clearly superior to mine. Beautiful. Alav Again, we'll say a part of another vision. Here are parts of another vision, this time in Micha. Micha having a vision about seven shepherds. Who are the seven shepherds? Man hinu shibaroem, David be'emsa. David amalek is in the middle. David be'emsa. Adam shays umisushalach mi'emino. So Adam rishon, Shais Misushalach are on his right. Avraham Yaakov Moshe bismolo. And Avram Yaakov and Moshe to the left of Davod HaMelech. Uman ninhu shmona nesichei adam, who are the eight princes? Yishai, Shaul, Shmuel, Amos, Tsefanyo, Tzidkio, Mashiach, Ve'elion. I will this, this much written again about. the. has a beautiful piece on this, explaining again, What's the role of the craftsmen? What's the role ultimately of the shepherds? And who are the princes? Again, I'll leave it. at Sunday so you have a little bit more time to be into these things. You'll take a look at the Marasha on this daf, Beautiful explanation, but we're going to go right there. So the Gemara goes on. The Gemara says, Arba sulamos. Remember again, they were going back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah was describing the beautiful celebration of the Simchas Beis HaShoeva. And the Mishnah was describing these, these, we'll call it light poles, right? Light posts. Right, you had one large pole that supported four bowls of oil, and again the light was so intense, remember, that it illuminated the Beis hamikdash and illuminated Yerushalayim. So the Gemara says, Tana Gova Shalmenora Chamishim Amo. The height of the of the of the light post, right, of the menorah of the light post, was fifty amos. So we'll say, so that's a that's that's about seventy five feet, right? So just pretty pretty high up. And remember again, there were four Pirechei kuna, four young Kohanim, who were assigned to each light post, right? One coin, one young coin, to fill up each of the bowls. So the Gemara says, and Shemen, the bowls of oil, took 120 Lug. How do you How do you understand this? Was it that each bowl contained 120 lug of oil or that each lamppost took 120 lug of oil? Which means that Dr. Bozai, again, so is, is it 120 times 4 per lamppost or is it 120 in total? Meaning what? Meaning what? 30 lug per receptacle. So Tashma. Wiadem Kade Oh so Rabbi said that that clarifies this. Each coin would carry up a bowl filled with thirty lug of oil that'd be emptied into that particular receptacle. So it's a hundred and twenty lug total, what we'll call per lamppost with thirty lug of oil into each receptacle. Tony, Tonno. These Kohanim, these young Kohanim, who scaled the ladders to go ahead and put the oils in the receptacles, they are even more praiseworthy than the son of Marta Bas Baitos. What, what did the son of was a coin? What did the son of Marta Bas Baitos do? Amru, Bas What did he do? Shai notel steyerechosharhagodal Shalaquak Uma So let we'll listen to this, what was he able to do? He was able to carry two large, Rechos are not just thighs, but like flanks. He was able to carry two red coal, called thighs, two thighs of a very large ox, an ox that was so big that it, was, that it cost 1000 Zuz to purchase it. So I'm we'll say that's obviously balancing an incredible amount of weight. And he was able to walk what we call Ekev Bitsad Godel, which means small steps. Literally again, Eksat like Godel literally means your heel by your big toe. Very small steps. You says say, sometimes you know when you're carrying something heavy, so you, you, you move quickly because you want to put it down. He was carrying something heavy, but was also able to take very small, deliberate steps. Obviously you have a, a very significant display of strength. Listen to this. But his fellow Kohanim did not let him do this. Remember, we goes goes back, in Yuma we spoke about this, in Talmud we also spoke about it, that there was one coin assigned to each thigh. See, even though again, this coin was able to carry both thighs, both legs by himself, the other Kohanim did not allow him to do it. Why not? Mishum berov am hadras melech. Because we'll remember again, if he were to do everything, then what? That would leave less for everyone else. When it comes to the Avodah, HaKadosh Baruch whose name is sanctified when more people participate. So this is actually quite beautiful. Even though he could have done everything himself, they didn't allow him to do it in order to involve the other Kohanim. Truly beautiful. So my Mishubachim, so, we'll so remember again, the Mishnah, so the had just said before that, that the Pirchei Kahuna, who filled up the lamps... <laughs> are greater than the sons of Mar- the son of Martabas Baitos. so in which way are they greater than him if you say because they carried more weight it's not true because remember again we just established each each one of the uncle Hanim carried how much carried how much 30 lug apparently the weight of the two thighs of this very large ox is heavier than 30 lug so so the son of Martabas Baitos carried more weight than the ekuna. So in which way with the Pirek HaKunah more appraise? It's a very simple distinction. Climbing a ladder with weight is much more difficult than walking up the ramp of the Mizbeach. See, even though, again, the son of Marta Ba'as Baitus might have been carrying more weight, the ability to balance a receptacle with 30 with 30 lug of oil was a much greater feat than ultimate without spilling that oil, than going ahead and carrying the two legs of the animal. It was an incredible Yisod. For Remember again, the Mishnah said, there was not one huttzer in Yushan that was not illuminated by the light of the base Hamikdosh, tap of gimel Isha Haiisa shitim La said there was so much light that a woman could even go ahead and separate out the wheat from the chaff. Do borer. Back to, right? We've talked us, You could do borer. now obviously to separate wheat from the chaff, you know, you have, wheat kernels are small. You need a lot of light to be able to see what's the chaff, what's the wheat kernel. There was so much light that a person could even perform this type of avoda of doing borer in their home. Incredible. Chasid Ma'an Shei which I will say, by the way, if you think about the metaphorical message in that, it's also quite profound, that, you know, the whole malacha the whole of borer, of separating out ochel and psoles, of knowing in life, knowing in life, what's ochel, what's psoles, right? What's good and what's not good? In order to be able to do that, you need the light of the Mesa Mikdash. In order to be able to do that, you need the light of Ruchnius. Because sometimes in life, it really is hard to figure out what is Ochel, what's Psolas, what's good and should be kept, and what's wrong and deleterious and harmful and should be discarded. What's your guiding light? What informs your Ochel and Psola's designations? What informs your designation of right and wrong? The only way to do it is if your guiding light is the light of the Beis HaMikdash, is if your guiding light is the light of Torah, is if your guiding light is the light of ruchnius, the light of the Riba Noshal. Otherwise you run the risk of discarding the ochel and keeping the psolas, An incredible use. So, this is absolutely beautiful. So remember again, the Mishnah describes the incredible scene where the chasid and the pious ones, the Anshe Maisa, would go ahead and perform for the Jews assembled in the Beis HaMikdash. This is a great Gemara. Some of them would say, Praiseworthy are we that our youth has not embarrassed us in our old age. Right? What, what a, how incredible to be able to say that. I'm not embarrassed of my youth. We're not going to take a show of hands over here. right? I'm not embarrassed of my youth, right? Ashrei Yadu Du Shla Ziknu Rashi says over here, Shalo Baisha, Shalo Avarnu Avera Biyadu Seinu Levayi I have We haven't done anything in our youth that would embarrass us, that would embarrass us in our old age, I'll say, what, 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 a way, what a way to live, what a way to live. I'll tell you, somebody came over to me at the kid at the kiddush the other week, and he said to me, "Oh, Rabbi, I saw a picture of you in high school." And I'm like I froze. I froze. I'm like, well who gave it to you? Where 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 did you get it from? Hey, so that's not this Gemara, right? That's not this Gemara, Right? The, the the ability to go out and say, Ashra Yalduseno Shlob Vaisha Ziknaseno. That my life has been good with every chapter. Nothing in my youth embarrasses me in my old age. Now the goodness is there are other people. The ishman omrim, ashre ziknuseno shekapras Ya And there are those who say, Praiseworthy is our old age. Because it atones for our youth. Oh, okay. This makes a little more sense, right? So praise, praiseworthy is my present life. I'm able to atone for that which occurred in the past. we will say what's beautiful about this is just going to point out, both of these groups are Chassidim and Anshem Aysa. Right? It's Yesh Mehen Omrim, Yesh Mehen Omrim. But others will say, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what matters most in life is what you make of yourself now. So there are some fortunate people who Baruch Hashem could say, you know what, thank God, I have no, nothing to be embarrassed about from my youth. That's exceptional. That's incredible. But even if I do have some things to be embarrassed about from my youth, certain indiscretions and bad decisions, at the end of the day, as long as I'm using my zikna, as long as I'm using my present to go ahead and do better than my past, that's also a chassid, that's also an shemaisam. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Elovi Elo omrim. I'm sorry, so the says, I, I, I skipped the line. So the people who say, The people who say, And those who say, And those who say praiseworthy is our old age, for the tones for our youth, These are So we'll say, interestingly enough, in the Gemara structure, the people who are able to say, praiseworthy is our youth, because there's nothing for us to be embarrassed about it in our old age, those are Hasidim and Anshem Isa. The people who say praiseworthy is our old age, Ashre Ziknu Ziknusinu, Shekhapra Yaldu that it atones for our youth, those are Bali Those are all chulah. They're both they're all Sadiqim. They're all Sadiqim. Because the Iker, the ikr at the end of the day is what are you doing now? The past is the past. I can't rewrite it. I could atone for it. I could apologize for it. I could learn from it. But the true litmus test of a person is what they're doing with their present and the path they're paving for their future. And both of them say, praiseworthy is the person who never sinned. But a person who has sinned, Yashuv Let's say incredible timing of this gimara. Duchava. But du we'll say it's almost as if, it's almost as if the way to read this statement is Ashrei Mishalo Praiseworthy is the person who never sinned. What's the problem with that statement? What's the problem with that statement? Yes. Never happened. Mm-hmm. Never happened, never will happen. So it kind of so they, they speak about some type of ideal and say, ah, but that's not really shayach. Umishachata, someone who did sin, which is all of us, Yashubim Duchova. Do tshuva. Don't go ahead and be paralyzed by your mistakes. Just try to go ahead and do better going forward. Tanya, Tanya. Amar of Azakin. They said about Hillel. When he would be celebrating in the Simchas Beis Hashoeva, Amar Amar Kane imanikan hakolkan. Strange statement. Hillel would say, "If I am here." Then everyone is here. If I am not here, who is here? Then Rashi points out over here something very important. What, what does this statement mean? Rashi says, "Imani kan hakol kan dorish ha'ilurabim shelo yichatu b'shmoshal kadosh baruch hu." Imani kan hakol kan calls man sheni chavivs mabayis azev shechina tishria. Rashi understands that Hillel ani is not referring to Hillel. Hillel was speaking on behalf of the Shechina if I, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, am here, Hakol kan, everything else is here. V'im in other words, you can understand this on, on, on a simple level. When is the base Mikdash Halig? When is it holy? When is it? When does it serve a purpose? Only when the Shekhinah is there. the being the If the Shekhinah is in the Mikdash, Hakol kan, everything we need is here. Im who says, if I don't rest my presence in the Shekhinah, then what? Then what? Then what good is this temple? Then what good is this structure? But it's also a very powerful statement because remember again, anytime you have intense celebration, you also always run the risk of what? Of what? Of levity frivolity. Remember, we saw this in yesterday's daf, right? They had a problem with the men and the women, right? Uh, there, there was a lightheadedness. So Hilla it almost reminds everyone, you know, Chavra, we have to maintain the proper atmosphere of Kedusha. Because this is only meaningful if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, only if the atmosphere allows for the Ribono Shal Olam to be present. But if HaKadosh Baruch can't be present, then there is nothing to talk about. You know we we'll I say? There's another Tosos actually points out over here that maybe Hillel was referring to himself. Machlok is Babel Yerushami. Not going to get into it. let we'll say what I will say is there's something else over here that's also very powerful. Imanikan hakolkan is also an incredible way to live life. What Hillel was also saying was, in order to maximize any life experience, you must be fully present. You know, sometimes the greatest challenge we have in the way we live is that we're never fully present in the things we do. right? Think about well, this just a moment. A person, and you can fill in the blank with whatever it is, a person is home with their family, but they're thinking about work. Or, I'm at davening and I'm on my phone. or And again, they're, they're legitimate. there could be legitimate reasons for all of these things. But at the end of the day, one of the greatest contemporary challenges we have is being present. Like Think about this just a moment. When was the last time you were really Fully present, fully immersed in an experience without anything else going on in your mind. It's really difficult. You know, if Avram Yitzchak HaKoyim Kuk said, it's an incredible Yisrael, I've mentioned this before. Rav Kuk said, when you daven, daven. And when you work, work. And when you learn, learn. What's the problem? What's the problem? When we're davening, we're thinking about work. When we're learning, when we're learning, we're thinking about what time, how, how long is davening. And when we're working, we're trying to happen a few minutes of learning. So what happens? I never fully work, right? I never fully learn, and I never fully daven. But Cook says, whatever you're going to do, be present. Be fully present in the event, to the exclusion of everything else. So perhaps that's what Hillel is saying also, im'ani kan hakol kan. How do you maximize experience of life for yourself? How do you maximize those experiences? You have to take the totality of who and what you are and embed it. You're spending time with your mishpacha. You're spending time with your family. Put everything else away. And if you can't put everything else away, then maybe deal with the other things you have to deal with and then come back to your mishpacha. But to have one foot in, one foot out... Right, in ni If I'm not present, how do you define not being present? Hakul Khan, Right, if you're not fully there, if you're not fully there, then at the end of the day, usually the experience is not going to be all that meaningful. I both say such an incredible yisod about being present in the things that we do. You want to be successful? Be present in the moment. Incredible. Who are Omer? Hello, you, Omer? used to say, "These are incredible gemaras." Who are you, Omer? I'm sorry, Hu Hayah Omer came? Lamakom Shani, Ohev, Sham Ragli, Molichos Osi. Hillel used to say, the place that I love, that's where my feet take me. That's where my feet take me. So what Hillel is saying is, often in life, we are drawn into the things that we really care about. So in other words, the things you get pulled into are often indicative of your hierarchy in life. Right? There are some people that always get pulled into machlokes. So maybe that's because I have a contentious or quarrelsome personality. Hillel said, for me, I get pulled to the base of Why do I get pulled to the base of Because that's what I love. Lamakum Shani. We'll build on that. We'll build on the topic in just a moment. In Again, Hillel says, speaking on behalf of the Rebun HaShol, Kodesh Baruch says, If you come to my house, you come to the Beis HaMikdash, I'll come to your home. If you don't come to my home, I won't come to your home. Which I will say, now the, the order here is, some, what does that mean? So what are we supposed to do with this today? We don't, have, we don't yet have a base I what Hillel was saying is like this. If you notice, the order is very important. Hillel says, if I go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's house, the Ribono Olam ultimately again will come to me. In the world of Ruchnius, if you want a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I must make the first step. In Im, Im right? Im, elech, Im, um, I'm sorry, I keep losing the place. Im, uh, Im if I go to the house of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, ava HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, "Will come to me." In niyos, if you want a relationship with the Rebano Shalom, I must make the first step. This is Elo, anili Dodi, I do my part. I make the step. I go to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and then He comes to me. But if you're waiting for God to come to you. Right. If ultimately again I don't go to the house of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then the Shalom says he doesn't come to me. We have to make the first step in our spiritual development. The Gemara goes. Unrelated over here (laughs) to (laughs) Simchaz (laughs) Beza Shoeva, the Simchaz is actually Mishlim Per Kiyavis. Hela one time saw a skull floating on the water. (laughs) Amr (laughs) Allah, (laughs) Amr (laughs) Allah, Al da'atvis atfuch, umetifech yetufun. Because you killed others, you were killed, and those who drowned you will be drowned. Rashi points out over here that somehow Hilal recognized the skull as belonging to a well-known murderer. So essentially, what goes around, comes around. You went ahead and killed others. Therefore, ultimately, again, you were killed. And those who killed you will find their reckoning as well. So what does that have to do with anything over here? So two things. First of all, number one, it's Hilal. so we're talking about Hilal. Number two, what else is the connection? water. Remember again, we're talking about Simchas Beis Hashoweva. Simchas Beis Hashoweva. So again, the water motif as well over here. But see also water, interesting part about water, is that water has a way of establishing like equilibrium. Right again. So, so, if you change, right? So, w- water flattens out, so to speak. It maintains a certain level, again, w- without any other thing acting on it. Almost same yisod over here that Hillel is saying. There is a this. There is a there is a system of din v'cheshbon in the world. Kadosh what, what what's coming to you is coming to you. Bein l'Tov, Bein Lara. Kadosh Baruch who the ultimate dayon, has a way of working out all of the cheshbonos. I'm Rabbi Yoch, Rabosei, An incredible, incredible Gimara. Second y line in Gimala am Rabbi Yochanan, Inish in an arvoin be. A person's feet are his guarantors. taman where, where ultimately literally to the place where you are needed, your feet will bring you. Let's we'll say, watch this. Hano tarti There were these two kusha, we we'll say kushaim are literally from Kush. Now, interestingly enough, the marshal points out over here. So, could we they're just two scribes from Kush? Marshal points out that they were just especially handsome. That's why they're called Kusha. Okay, not, not really that important. And even, well, of course it's important. But again, for our, for our purposes over here, two scribes that Shlomo had from Kush. Eli Charof, V'achia, Shisha. So, from the Shlomo They were scribes of Shlomo HaMelech. Okay. Yom had Chazid, HaMelech, HaMav, one day, Shlomo Hamelech ran into the Malach HaMavis the Angel of Death, and he saw that the Angel of Death was down. I, first of all, I could totally understand that if that's your job. Right? But, but Lemaisa, you can infer from this, apparently the Malach HaMavis is normally like the, like the life of the party. right? He's Mamish Lebendig, right? So today, Shlomo Hamelech sees the Malach HaMavis, and he just seems especially somber. Amr Amayat Sivas, what's got you down? de <inaudible> Mine So ultimately Sulama so to so have a problem. I'm supposed to take the lives of these two scribes, Ali Kharaf and Achia, and I can't claim their lives. Some down. I have, I have a job to do and I can't do my job. Shlomo hears this and he says, What happens? Masirul Sirim Delus. So Shlomo heard that his scribes Ali-Kharaf and Ahiyah were in mortal danger. He gave them over into the hands of the Shedim. Kishnam had dominion over the Shedim as well. And he had them whisked off to the city of Luz. Rashi points out over here that there was a special bracha on the city of Luz that the inhabitants of Luz did not die. The Malach had no control over the city of Luz. In fact, the Gemara relates that when the inhabitants of Luz wanted to die, they were ready to leave this world, they would leave the confines of the city. So Shlomo says, I hear that Elikharov and Achia are in mortal danger. He has the demons, he has to the shake them, whisk them off to Luz. What happens? Kimato L'mechuza de Luz. As soon as they got to the entranceway of Luz, Shahivu. They both died. Achia and Elikharov died. Le Chazila Malach have a Kabadach. The next day Shalom alchiz malachamabas and mamish all smiles. All smiles. Why are you so happy? Amallay Taman you didn't realize. The reason that I was unable to take their lives was because it was decreed that they were to die at the entranceway of the city of Luz. And they weren't going to Luz. But now, Baruch Hashem, you delivered them right to where I needed them, and I was able to go out and take their lives. Miad says, "Amazing." Debar Inish in an Arvoin Bay, a person's feet are his guarantors. La'aser de Taman Movilin Where you are needed, ultimately again, is where they take you. To say, "Such an incredible Gemara <coughs> that you know we make plans in life." and we create destinations, and we create goals which is so incredibly important. But yet at the end of the day we also recognize that HaKadosh Baruch was really the one who plots our journey. You know, sometimes life doesn't go as expected and we get very frustrated because we look at it as a wrong turn. When in reality, it's not a wrong turn, it's just an alternate. You know, like, you know, like sometimes, you know, it's interesting that, you know, if you're traveling and you see a little congestion ahead, what do you do? You go on to ways, right? You hit routes, right? And what happens? It comes up with like three different things, right? And they're all correct. They're all correct. There are different ways to get you to the end point, but they're all correct journeys. And it's interesting. Some of them are longer, some of them are shorter. Some of them are no tolls, some of them are many tolls. Hey, so that's the Yisod in life. We choose the Derech. We choose Derech because we think it's the right Derech. But sometimes is who says, what you think is right Derech is not the right Derech. I have a different Derech for you. Sometimes when the journey doesn't go as planned, we get so frustrated. But we have to understand that the journeys we take in life are the journeys mm-hmm. that Rebano Shal Olam wants us to take. Our feet are our guarantors. They take us where the Rebano Shal Olam wants us to go. And sometimes the greatest thing we could do is instead of getting frustrated at the rerouted journey, is to accept that although this is not the journey I would have chosen for myself, this is the journey I Kodesh Baruch Hu wants for me. Embrace it, accept it, maximize it. Tanya, Amr al-Levr Rabshim Leo. Listen to this when he was ent- when he was at the simcha's base avukos he would juggle eight torches incredible and when he would bow down shne And what would he do? He would say he would have this incredible form of bowing called Kida. Kida is when you bow down and you support your entire weight on your thumbs. Now now the Gemara Maseches Megillah says it's not just supporting your weight on your thumbs, that's significant. It's also Kida was often accomplished without bending your knees. Which means that you would go ahead and pretty much pivot your entire body. How? With your ankles, right? So you would go up and down, just on pivoting on your feet, supporting your entire weight on your thumbs. Pretty impressive. So the Gemara says, what happens? <laughs> Levi kida once demonstrated kida in front of Rebbe the Itla, and he injured himself. <laughs> Itla literally means he became crippled. He injured himself. So the Gemara says, really, is that why Levi became crippled? Is that what caused Rebbe to become crippled? Vam Rebbe Lozer. The Olam Adam In general, both Sayyid, It is good not to wag an accusatory finger to Hakadosh Baruch In other words, don't don't publicly, don't publicly. Go ahead and denounce God. Because <laughs> one time a very famous person went ahead and went ahead and publicly called out Hakadosh Baruch Hu for Rathiachesh Baruch Hu wasn't acting appropriately, and the Gemara says Veitla, and he became crippled. Umano, who was that Levi? Rabbi Say Rashi points out over here on the first wide line of Rashi, Tiach Devareim, the Maseches <laughs> tightness, Alisa Viashavta the Chabamarum, Viatamashgiach Albonecha. So this is a Gemara, story Tainis, where it wasn't raining, it wasn't raining, and Levi, Levi called out HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Levi went ahead and said, shalom, You have left this world, you have forsaken us, where have you gone? He did this publicly, and it was considered to be an inappropriate way to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Gemara attributes his crippledness to this event, not to the Kida says "Ha." Both of them contributed ultimately again, to Levy's handicap. Incredible. So was listening to this Levi, excuse me, Levy. when he would try to go ahead and this is actually incredible Levi would try to make Rebby feel better. Why was Rebbe down? Take a look say, at the second wide line in Rashi. Rabbi is Rabbi Huda and Nasi. So remember again, Kamei Rabbi Bebeso, Nasi Umechabdin Oso Doek Tamid bitzaras Yisrael. Let's say Rabbi Huda was the Nasi, and as such, he felt the weight of Klal Yisrael on his shoulders at all times. That weight, that weight, could be overwhelming. So Rebbe was often dejected. Levi, Levi was there to make him feel better. So nothing makes a person feel better than what? Juggling with knives. Right? <laughs> it, it's incredible. It does wonders for the spirit. Right? So Levi would come before Rebbe, he'd start juggling knives. Start j- I guess the truth is what would end up happening is Rebbe would become so worried about Levi, right, that he would forget about all of his other worries. In any event, or be worried about himself. Shmuel kame Malko, but Tamne incredible. Shmuel would entertain Shavur Malko, King Shapur. By juggling eight glasses of wine. That I would love to see, right? Knives, I could imagine, right? And torches, you could imagine. Eight, right? Juggling eight, eight glasses of wine. Incredible. Abai kamei derava, betamnei bei. Right? Abai would juggle in front of the rava with eight eggs. Amr lei arba bei. Okay? Tanyei rabshom and chananya. Shabbat say, now the Gimara goes right Kishar, was like, you know, it's interesting, by the way. It's interesting that, like, Why does the simcha manifest itself in this way, right? Think about it for just a moment. Imagine you're you're feeling so besimcha. So I don't think any of us would say, you know what? I feel so happy. I just need a juggle fire, right? I feel so so happy. I want to dance. I feel so happy. I want to sing. So I will say, it seems to be almost what's happening over here is that sometimes simcha reaches such a, a feverish pitch that a person looks almost for, for additional ways to express that simcha. So you had singing, you had dancing, you had instruments, but the simcha was so intense that it manifested itself in these other ways as well, which is just, it's hard for us to wrap our head around, because you see, when we think about juggling, we think more of like entertainment. I You know, you had a chasana, and the guy in the middle is... Uh, you know, he thinks, he, usually he thinks he's a juggler. He's not really a juggler. But, but that's a different discussion. Right? So, saying so he starts juggling. He starts this. He starts that. We see that more almost like as a form of levity. Not as much simcha. In the Bisham this simcha was so intense that it needed to be plugged in. Like, you know, it's almost like there's so much energy that it needed to be plugged into something else. Such a feverish pitch of simcha that the music, the dancing, the singing was not enough to contain it. It needed other outlets. Incredible. Let's listen to this, Kimara. So beautiful. When we were celebrating the Simchas Vesha Sho'eva, she'na be'inenu. Now, let say, literally, we didn't sleep. We didn't sleep. Now, we'll talk about the interesting lesson over here. It literally means we did not see sleep with our eyes. We'll discuss that lesson in just a moment. We didn't sleep. But let's say, listen to the schedule of Yom Tiv. This is beautiful. Okay, so, the first hour of the morning, we did the morning tamid. Misham le then shachris. Which I will say is very interesting because what is this oraya too? That remember again in the second May, Samitash, they had karbonis, but they also had tefillah. They davened. They davened. So, first we did the tamid shachar. Then shachris. Shachris. So we will say, remember, what was shachris? What was shachris? Hallel. Lebedig yom yamtiv. Misham le musaf. Then karbon musaf. Mishalat Then we had, then we had David musaf So first Tamid, first tamid Shal Shachar, then Shachris. Tamid Shal Mosav. Right, excuse me. Carbon Mosav. Then Tilas Mosav. Then we went to learn. Misham Then we went to eat. Right, we eat and drink. Right, you had the suda. Misham Mincha. Then we went to David Misham Tam Shalvenar Then we went to do the afternoon Tamid. Mikan ve'iloch Simchas Beis Hashoeva, and after that the rest of the night Simchas Beis Shabbosay. What a day! What a day! Talmid Shlachar Shachris Musaf Tfilas Musaf Suda Excuse me Beis Medrash Suda Mincha Karbintalmid Shalvin Arbayim Simchas Beis Shabbosay. What a day! What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. What wouldn't we give to have a day or days like this? Incredible. The Gemara says, Ini, Is that true? So, we'll say, so remember again, this seems to be the schedule for seven days. For seven days. So can this possibly go on for seven days? So you have your Bisho and you're saying, we didn't sleep for seven days. So the Gemara says, It's impossible not to sleep for seven days. If a person makes an oath, makes an oath, that I will not sleep for three days. Malkin also, we flog him. Right? We give him lashes immediately because we'll say that is considered to be a shav, That is considered to be an oath in vain, a false oath. Because you cannot go without sleep for three days. V'yashin <coughs> alter So we'll say that's the case. Then Allah how could <coughs> Rabbi Yeshua, um, yeah. Yeah. How could I be you say that we didn't sleep for seven days? We dozed. We dozed. What it means is we didn't like go to sleep in bed. Right? We dozed. So we'll say, for over the course of a week, this was a week of, of incredible celebration. We never fully slept the entire day. We just kind of literally, again, we fell asleep on each other's shoulders. I so will say, so first of all, such an incredible description of the simcha. The Lashon of lo ra'inu shena right? Lo inu shena We did not see sleep with our eyes. What does that mean? As opposed to sleep with what? Sheba so will say, perhaps he is sort of like this. There are different forms of sleep. See what Rabbi Shoban Hanani is referring to over here is, shena be'ineinu is sleep. Is sleep. We didn't close our eyes to go to sleep. I'll say, but you know, there are different forms of sleep in life. A person's eyes could be wide open, but their heart could be asleep. But their neshama could be asleep. But their mind could be asleep. There are different forms of sleep. And if we think about it again, as we come into these Yimei At sometimes the greatest challenge we have is that we're physically awake, right? There's no shena be'inenu, right? But at the end of the day, my heart's asleep. My neshama's asleep. I'm not inspired. I'm not awake. I'm, I was gonna say woke, but that's the wrong term, right? I, I'm not. Don't be woke, right? I, I'm not. I'm not awake. I'm not awake, right? How could it be that my eyes are open? I'm going through the motions of life, but I'm spiritually sleeping. Right? Why do we blow the shofar? The Rambam says, why do we blow the shofar during Chodesh Elul? One simple reason, uru yeshenim mishinashchem to wake up. But I'm awake. I'm awake. The shofar doesn't wake up my eyes, the shofar wakes up my heart. Because sometimes I've just been in a state of spiritual slumber. So Shobin Khananya says, for seven days, Lore We didn't physically sleep. But again, we have to be so careful in life, not just to be physically awake, but to be spiritually, emotionally, cognitively awake as well. Khamesha <laughs> Say Malos, said there were 15 steps. So Amrle, Rav Chista Lahud made the Rabbanon. Daavi Kamesad, I got it to come. Amrle, say Malos connected Amram, why were there fifteen? Right? Why fifteen steps? So also Remember again, this is referring to the fifteen steps between what we call the Ezra's Noshim going up to Sharni Kanor. Why were there fifteen steps? Why fifteen? So the Gemara says, Amrle connected me. I'm sorry, Honey Chamisha say Malos connected. Sorry, malos. mi Amram David. I Remember again, we saw in the Mishnah that the fifteen steps correspond to the fifteen shira malos that are safer to him. Why did David say fifteen shira malos? Why fifteen? When David excavated the Shisin, sin, points out over here. The most remember again when. Make sure you catch this later, by the way, because it's, it's, it's good. It's good. So, so listen to this. So the, the Gemara says like this, when David HaMelech excavated the Shishin, remember again, we saw in Machlokas, we saw machlokas. The one opinion said that the Shishin were already there from Shishis and This Gemara seems to reflect the idea that Davan HaMelech was the one who excavated the Shishin. The truth is, it's easy to reconcile this. It's possible the Shishin were created as of Shishis and but David HaMelech unearthed them. Okay, so when David HaMelech unearths the shi'sin, the waters from the Tahom, now that, now, now that there was an opening for them, threatened to come and overtake the entire world. Amar David, Chamei Malos, As David said 15 kapit 15 shi'a malises, and what happened, the waters, the water, what's the word, um, Receded. Thank you. The water receded. Right? The water went down. If that's the case, says the Gemara. It shouldn't say Shirah Malos. not trying to raise the water. It should be what Shirah yordos pushing the water down. You know, you reminded me. This is what really what happened. Rabo said, "Listen to this." When David Melech unearthed the Shisin, the waters of the Tahom threaten to overtake the entire world. Amr David. Achaspa So David HaMelech said, here's what I want to do. I want to take a piece of clay, write the name of Hashem, throw it into the waters, and allow the waters to recede. The problem is what? If I do that, I run the risk that what? That the name of Hashem will be erased. Does anyone know? Am I allowed to do this? Right? David HaMelech was asking. Shabbos we'll tells you about the incredible anibos of David HaMelech. Right? He's David HaMelech, David Melech Yisrael, David Malka Mashiach. And David Melach is humble enough to know what he knows and knows what he doesn't know. Does anyone know? And would I be permitted to do this even if this may result in the erasure of the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But we'll say the first line in the Gimel of the So it says, No one wanted to answer. David Malach says, Whoever knows the answer to this and doesn't give me an answer... Should literally suffocate or, or should choke in his throat. In other words, Davra Mel says, if you have an answer to give, you can use your voice to give an answer, and you don't give me the answer, who should take away your voice? No, Sachitofel, Kavachar, Rabbi, Atzmo, Sachitofel, who was Davra Melach's Rebbe, made a Kavachomer. Uma, Lass, O Shalom, and Ishto, Amr Torah, Shmi, Amr Torah, Shmi, Shniktavik, so, Achitofel, made a Sota. Sota. If in order to make shalom between a man and his wife, a allows his name to be erased, because remember you write parsha Shota, parsha sota, right on a piece of on a piece of cloth, and you dissolve it in the water, even though it has Shem Hashem. But you can erase the name of kolish to make peace between a man and his wife. All the more so, literally to save the world, you can erase the name of Hashem. Amrale shari, achitofa paskind. Mutter! Mutter! Write the name of Hashem on the piece of clay, throw it into the waters of the Did so? Shema Tahoma, Shisar, Alfi Garmidi. So what happens? Davar HaMalch threw the piece of clay with the Shema Hashem into the waters of the tome, And the waters of the tomb receded 16,000 Amas. 16,000 Amas. Ki Chazi, Dinachis, Tuva, Amar, Kama, You know what the problem was? now the water has receded too far down. Because you need the waters to be somewhat close to the surface of the earth in order to what? In order to what? Provide moisture for the soil. So now the water has receded 16,000 amas down. The says, now we have a problem with the soil. Also, I just want to point out, you know what the incredible this is? Th- th- this is how, this is what happens when man gets involved in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's creations. You see, there are so many things that go into running a world, right? Just like, right, the earth has to be situated a certain amount of space away from the sun. Too much closer, too much further, disastrous. Wars of the home are exactly where they need to be until man intervenes. So David HaMelech pushes them down 16,000 amas. It's too far. So the Gemara says, Amar chamesha shei malus, v'askei chamesha Alfi Garmide. So what happens? They will say, Ah, now David Hamelach says fifteen Shirah Malos, right? Fifteen kapitla of Shirah Malos. She will say, "Listen, Shirah Malos, a song of a sense." What is David Hamelach doing with each capital, He's bringing up the water. With each capital, he's bringing up the water a thousand amis. and therefore, again, the water the water stays. At a thousand amas beneath the surface, also, isn't that incredible? A newfound appreciation for Shira HaMaalos, right—the like song of us. Now, many different interpretations, also, but here the Gemara is saying David HaMelech trying to bring upward the mala of the water. Amar Ula Shmamimos Sumcha Daara You see from here that the thickness of the soil, between the top soil and the waters of the Ta'om, is a thousand, or the waters, I should say, the subterranean waters, not necessarily Ta'om. The Ta'om is further down, but subterranean waters are a thousand animals. I chazinon, but that's not true, we see, we dig, for, we dig for, there are places where we can dig for water, much less than the water comes out. Amram Sharshia, ho misuma depras. So this is in Bavel, Abba says, so in general, by the way, Bavel, Babel had a lot of humidity and ultimately again, you could get water by digging relatively low down. So the Gemara attributes that that's because that's actually the Pras, that's actually the Euphrates. That's not the water of the Tahome. that's at certain points just the Euphrates runs underneath or parts of the Euphrates runs underneath the soil. So when you strike water in Babel at a relatively shallow depth, those are not the waters of the Tehom, but rather, again, those are the waters, ultimately, again, of Pras. Beautiful. So remember, again, the Mishnah said that the Kohanim go down to the 10th step of the 15 steps. So, doesn't mean that they walk down five steps, and therefore, at the 10th step, or maybe it means they walk down 10 steps and they're standing at the fifth step. To which the Gemara says, take. Okay. So let's remember again the Mishnah, the Mishnah said that they would go ahead, Kedma. Right, remember again, when they would walk out of the Beis HaMittosh, they would turn back facing towards the Kodesh. And they would say, Olam, Our ancestors Turned their back on you, right? Turned their back to the west, faced the east because they were worshipping the sun. But we are Kaddish Baruch Hu, we worship you. So the Pasik says, Upinehem Kedma, the Lashon of the Pasik is, Upinehem Kedma, Behema Mishtachimim Kedma Lashemesh. So I'm sorry, it says, Va'achareim El Hahechal Hashem, Upinehem Kedma. Their backs were to the Hechal, and ultimately again they were facing the east towards the sun. So the Gemara says, Upinehem Kedma. Isn't it obvious? If they're facing towards the sun, they're facing the east, then obviously their back is to the west. Why didn't they both statements? What does it mean that their back was towards the say This is overwhelming. It meant, Rabbi, say that in the, during the end of the first temple era, there was such a disdain for the base hamikdash and for the yibamashom, that literally they would face their back towards the mikdash, defecate in the direction of the kodesh while facing the sun and worshiping the sun. Let's say it, it's hard to wrap our head around a little bit that you could have a base hamikdash that is standing and quite literally turn your back on a kodesh baruch But this actually somebody reminded me yesterday at the Shiar. Remember, first temple era. This is also the time of the Itzahara for the Zorah was still there, right? This was before Chazal Davin for it to be removed from the world. So there is a certain desire for Yitzhahara that we simply cannot relate to and cannot <coughs> understand because it no longer exists in this world in that form. The Gemara ends off, anu <laughs> We are to you Akadosh Baruch Hu and to you are our eyes. Shavuosai. said, here's what's interesting, is in this one statement, you're referring to Akadosh Baruch Hu two times. Now remember again, in general, we have a little bit of a discomfort in referring to God twice in any one statement. Why? The Gemara says, right? you're, both, you're not allowed to say Shema Shema, you're not allowed to say Modim Modim. Why? What does it look like? It looks like dualism, right? It looks like you're playing to two gods. Even though, again, one could say, I'm praying to Akhilesh Baruch, who tried saying Shema Shema twice to Akhilesh Baruch. Hu. Modim, Modim. We avoid things that look like dualism, look like polytheism. We just avoid it. To which the Gemara says, so How can you say, Anu Laka, Ulakha Isn't that also, again, kind of like Shema Shema Modim Modim? What they would say is like this Ribon our ancestors, they used to bow to the east. They would bow to the east. We are for you. We are yours. Anu Laka. And our eyes, our eyes look up to you. So really it's two distinct statements. Anu HaKadosh we are yours. Which I will say is such a profound statement. I am yours. I give myself over to you in totality. I am yours. And our eyes look to you for salvation. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Anu so really, it's two different statements. See, both say the problem is repeating the same statement twice. But when you make two different statements, I am yours and my eyes only look to you, ultimately, again, such a statement like that, Will be Motu. All right, Say. We will have to stop over here. Incredible, incredible Gemara. In Merz Hashem, we will pick up with the Mishnah, the Sha'atova UMatzlachas tomorrow. Shkayach.